for reaching out and being a part of wanting to be a part of an episode it really does mean a lot oh thanks yeah no i uh need any chance to chat with people who love music enough to do a podcast about it um i'm always down to talk to you and have fun so thanks Great. for doing all of that you do thank you uh and then just so i don't like butcher your name is it asio asio yeah asio okay cool cool yeah kind of like a yeah, more like, more of an Italian vibe, I guess. Asio. Okay. <laughs> no, that's... If you want to get all, like, you know, accent with it. Then Asio, hey, hey, you know, fuck with them, you know. Yeah. It's in Gabagool. <laughs> to another episode of Beers with Bands. Uh, this week I'm sitting down with Dan Asio uh, from the Chicagoland <laughs> area. Uh, how are you doing, Dan? I'm doing great, man. How are you? Good, good. Uh, doing great on this uh, fine Thursday. I mean, I get to drink some beers and talk about music with someone else other than my roommates, so it's always a plus. Ew. Always a good time. <laughs> yeah, thanks for uh, having me on, man. Yeah, thanks for reaching out. Uh, for people that might not be aware, uh, you are a solo singer, songwriter, uh, um, like I mentioned, out of the Chicagoland area, uh, kind of indie rock vibes um, for people uh, that are wanting to check you out. Um, we're gonna t- You have a new uh, album. If you're listening to this episode, the day it releases, it came out the week before, but still go check it out. We're going to talk a lot about Ooh. it tonight. That uh, I think that's changing, so it got pushed back a little bit. Okay. So it'll be, it'll be out like a week after this airs, I think. Okay. Well, then here's your it's preview. Out, uh, and, November twenty uh, fourth. Okay. So I mean, here's your preview for for the new album, and uh, we'll just get right into it. I mean, uh, obviously you're a solo artist. What kind of, what started your music career? Um, going all the way back, uh, I was huge into like acting and musical theater as a kid. Like even like in fourth grade, I thought like I'm gonna be an actor when I grow up and do all the theater stuff and musicals and movies and everything. And then uh, I pursued that into high school. A friend forced me to join men's choir which was basically just a ragtag group of misfits that the choir teacher was trying to teach how to sing. And uh, that's where I met, like, 
all my bad influences. All, all the guys who got me into going to local rock shows and I was actually ended up being a roadie for one of my friends' bands through that. And um, yeah, then college hit. Decided did not want to go into the theater world. It was a little too cutthroat for me. Yeah, People seemed to be kind of only out for themselves. It was a little... I don't know. Everyone just seemed to be kind of two-faced. At least with... Uh, you know, where I was at, uh, in my pursuit. So, and at that time I was messing around with some, some friends and we decided to start a band and that band was called Tonic Freight Train. It was basically a Red Hot Chili Peppers ripoff at the start. Big, heavy funk rock vibes. And, uh, even though I had singing experience, I still wasn't like that great of a singer. Um, so I was that, you know, just hype front man who bounced around a lot and did this rap singing type stuff, much like Anthony Kiedis. And then through playing in that band and playing with musicians way better than I deserved to be playing with, I was like, ah, crap, I should probably get my skills up. I should probably, if I'm going to, because I just felt like I was the weakest link in the band. So I didn't want to bring the band down, so I just switched majors and just went straight into music and did this like two-year crash course theory uh hearing skills you know focused on classical guitar to get my guitar chops up did voice lessons did all of it just to try and bring my level up to match that of the players in the band and that went on for like seven freaking years it started in like 2013 that's when i switched over to majoring in music and then uh yeah right before we were about to release an album i uh you know egos are always rampant in in bands and stuff like that and creative endeavors working with people things kind of took a turn uh had to delay some things and then COVID hit and it was like, well, crap. This doesn't seem resolvable and finding new members in the height of a pandemic doesn't also uh, seem very fun <laughs> yeah. at the time. So I was like, you know what? I have all these songs that I've written just that don't fit Tonic Freight Train at all. I want to try and get these songs out there and, and maybe I have the chops now to just go. I'm going to go solo, man. I'm going to do it. You know, screw the band. I'm going solo. And that's what happened. So, uh, yeah, started my solo endeavor in the height of a unprecedented pandemic. Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> it's perfect because... I mean, it's the perfect and worst time probably because worst time because you have nowhere to like able to like, kind of workshop it but it's also like the best time because you can just sit around and just fine tune as much as you can to make sure you have mm -hmm. it all flushed out before you're like ready to to like even go record because i don't know about how it was around with like where your area if like studios were even allowing anyone in i know some friends had to cancel a bunch of stuff because 
studios were like no like no one's allowed in basically yeah no it was uh there wasn't really anybody um willing to there was a couple that were um willing to do it just because it was just going to be me tracking everything um because i was just that was the acoustic ep i wasn't trying to do like a big full band sound yet but uh just pricing never worked out for for what i could afford at the time you know it was covid i didn't know what kind of job security i was going to have so i didn't want to just drop like a grand on on good or you know a, a nice studio and then be laid off in like that week <laughs> like oh no right yeah no that's that's fair yeah so uh like yeah i can't afford rent but i have this nice recording of my music is it, will you take this yeah. as payment please right don't don't worry no i'll i'll make i'll make rent back with this you know everyone's gonna buy it yeah totally <laughs> you know everyone buys eps still nowadays right uh <laughs> but yeah luckily i had a, a lot of friends in the scene one of them being mirabelle skipworth who is a, a very amazing super talented folk singer and songwriter and she was kind of the one who i asked to sit down with and be like hey how do you do the solo thing i don't know what to do here i i just jumped around and sang a lot of crazy stuff like how do you do the solo thing how do you book gigs as a solo artist how do you get out there what you know what am i doing and she kind of you know slapped me out of it and was like hey stupid it's not that different just you know <laughs> work on it get your confidence up being solo and uh, she helped me record that first acoustic ep that's up there and uh yeah it it served its purpose for the time but now looking back and it wasn't anything she did it was just like my performances on it uh she did an amazing job with what i gave her um but uh, yeah, it served its purpose, and now I, the, all those songs were originally intended for a full band sound. Everything I wrote on my acoustic guitar, I imagined all the parts already in my head. You know, I heard bass lines and drum parts and stuff. I just didn't want to do it all right then and there. I just needed. I also felt like, you know, if I can't play shows because it's the pandemic, how do I get people to even, you know, check me out? Unless I, sh I should probably have some music out there so people can see what i'm about and uh right yeah so that was that last summer this summer i was like all right let's do it full band sound i re-recorded those three songs plus there'll be three new ones that i can't wait for people to hear yeah uh thank you for one sending me the link because i've been jamming these a lot in the past few days uh leading up oh, to this yeah. and they're so good and they um they remind me of for people that are from like the iowa city area might remember um like there used to be nights at like one venue where it would just be like jam band just like kind of the same like indie rock vibe that you're putting out and mm -hmm. it just took me back to, a lot of the songs just took me back to that exact moment and oh. i missed those moments and like it was just hitting the, all the right feels just to like vibe out and just let it play and just take it all in so awesome man i'm glad to hear it that's awesome um now with like you did mention like with the the acoustic um ep 
you were kind of envisioning like all the baselines and everything as you were going mm-hmm. was that the same case for this new uh, EP that's coming out yeah with the uh, like the new songs uh, like for instance hardly know ya it was like that was actually something I was trying to bust out with the tonic freight train band when mm-hmm. we were still together because I thought it was jammy enough to 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 fit with that group but they never really vibed with it and i was like oh that sucks this could have been a total fun thing to break out so that i already already knew there was like jam band feels for that song just with the part with the rhythm i had for it it and and lyrically it just all came together so fast it's like it has a jam band feel it's lyrically about uh, some of my experiences at going to like jam band music festivals. There's one in Illinois called Summer Camp Music Festival with like Umphreys McGee and Mo, and they're like the the head honchos there. And then they have just a million amazing jam bands that come through. And uh, so yeah, that I like. I heard the bass line. I knew the drums had to be this kind of like you know that you know jam bands kind of. A lot of times go for that disco beat oh yeah you know to keep it like funky i was like i need something like that in there and uh yeah i guess the uh, probably the hardest one that i didn't know what to do with drum wise or bass wise it it was just a like an acoustic idea was um the more mellow not ballad but like you know that melancholy song burn me down okay that was a rough one where i was like eh, i don't know what to do here but i just sat with it on repeat just jammed on a bass and then tapped out some kind of rhythm and uh yeah i, I it was it was weird for me because you know coming from working with a band you're not used to writing more than just the part that you perform so it was not always easy to find like what actually served the song. I would come up with parts of my head, but then I was like, oh, this isn't, this is drowning out other parts or this is just cluttering things up. I don't, you mm-hmm. know, it was hard for me to actually like think like a bassist to write something that would fit and sit well with uh, everything else going on and to think like a, a drummer and be like, am I overplaying or is this beat garbage over this or what (laughs) now obviously you had people like come in and help like record uh the extra instrumentals did they give you like any insight when they were playing it back just saying like oh like we would do this differently like especially with the drum parts uh if you're not like fully familiar with writing drum parts or doing any of that were they just like oh this would work so much easier if you just kind of did tweaked it like this to still get like the same feel and stuff Mm mm-hmm yeah so i actually tracked all the bass parts too except for one track a friend helped me because he helped me write the bass part i know what i had no idea what to do that's jaded um and then the guy who helped me record it he kind of served as a producer too amazing dude grant mitchell uh i think his instagram handle is grant mitch 666 (laughs) 
he's a amazing dude amazingly talented super like multi talented guy he engineered it mixed it mastered it helped me produce it he was also a bass player so he was able to kind of help me out with some bass parts where it's like hey that note is not right play this instead it's like oh yeah no i was like at one point i was playing like a split third on the bass so like in the chord it was one note and on the bass i was playing it like just a half step higher okay so it created this weird clash that i didn't even notice until it was fully like recorded and mixed and i was like oh that's too avant-garde for this song (laughs) (laughs) and then uh i had a buddy who helped me with the drums so what i did is i just kind of wrote them out on ableton um it's kind of like pro tools if anyone has had experience with digital audio workstations it's just like a a more kind of streamlined in my opinion uh program and uh i was able to write the drum parts through midi parts i was able to just kind of click like bass kick here hi-hat here snare here for the entire song thankfully copy and paste exists and uh then i sent those to him and he practiced them and then we came together and jammed them out and he was like yeah so this part just can i do this instead and i was like yeah totally and then there were some parts where i was like no i actually really like this what i came up with can you can you play it more like what i sent you (laughs) so yeah and he was cool with it it was it was a fun time yeah well i mean they all everyone that chipped in did a great job because like these these songs as a full band sound amazing um like obviously so before we get too far ahead of myself uh don't know anything is the first single that you had come out which came mm-hmm. out september 24th uh with a nice little music video to go along with it which i really enjoyed uh yeah that like, was that was fun <laughs> yeah that, that music is great the whole song is catchy and just gets kind of gets stuck in your head and as like a full band it sounds great um what's been like the feedback so far that you've seen on that song alone um i mean people are pretty much the same saying the same thing where it's like getting stuck in their head to the point where it's annoying which i i take as a huge compliment because um i don't know the one thing i always felt confident with was writing melodies guitar parts i'm like i don't know what i'm doing i just play with what sounds cool i don't i don't i'm not thinking about theory or how the chords are actually in you know their relationships with each other and just go with what sounds cool but melodies i have a bit more experience because that was my role in the band and i have a very eclectic taste in music just all the different genres i listen to so of course i have my like sensibilities the you know like the singers in my dna influences that that come through certain melodic lines but i try and make it so that it's uh interesting but still catchy you know it's not boring but it's it still has a hook uh and yeah that was you know, like a lot of what people were were saying they loved the music video shout out to uh katie kebusek at katie kebs on instagram it does amazing animation work um 
So if you need a, a nice spicy animated music video, hit her up because she's an absolute gem, super, super amazing, super easy to work with through and through. Um, yeah, I think it's kind of leaving people wanting more, which is always what you want. Right. Which the next song, next single, I know originally when you when you messaged me, I think you said the next single was coming out October 22nd. I, I mean, at mm-hmm. this point, this episode's coming out in November, so it really doesn't matter timeline-wise. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that song is obviously going to be uh, Hardly Know Ya, which personally I think is my favorite song off the this EP so Ooh. far. Um, for people that are listening right now and haven't listened to that song, uh, what is something that they can expect from, from that? I mean, we talked a little bit about it already. Is how it's pretty groovy and and uh, really yeah. jam bandy. Um, but is there anything deeper on that uh, aspect? I that was the first song that I experimented. Well, not experimented with, but you know, like did more lead work on guitar. Like I, I tried to do. I tried to stretch myself with some solo leads in between verses and and whatnot to to even give it more of that jam band feel and so that was uh that was fun i think it i think it came out really nice um yeah basically just when you go to listen to it throw yourself into a imagine yourself in a nice uh chill music festival with a bunch of super loving hippie folk that just love music dancing around nice sunny day music everywhere love is in the air and just rock out you know yeah uh i mean perfect perfect example to to think about uh like i said it is probably like my favorite song out of everyone that's on the cp and that's like a tough battle because at first i was uh don't know anything and then i was like listening more and i was like oh man i'm gonna have to switch it up Mm -hmm. and then (laughs) like it bounces around, but I think that one's the the number one contender for me. Thanks, man. Glad to hear it. I think it's also mine as well. Um, yeah, yeah. It's just so much fun to play too. So that's also why it's just it's a fun song. Yeah. Uh, speaking of playing, you recently played. I think there was a like a Chicagoland uh, locals festival. I think I saw you mm-hmm. post about. Um, how did that go over? And are you? when you're playing that live show are you still doing it solo or are you bringing on like hiring like a band to play with you yeah so uh yeah that was homegrown arts and music festival uh a a nine-year local fest started by aaron williams of the aaron williams band he has been such a just amazing advocate and supporter of local music uh local original music more importantly more specifically because especially around here in the in the burbs and and in the city but mostly in the burbs it's it's hard to find good spots for original music to have a light shown on it it's like the vast majority 95 percent of of bars and, and stuff like that just want cover acts or cover bands or you know, if you're a solo musician, they want the majority of your songs to be, be covers and 
whatnot. So he started this amazing local music fest that it's like he limits you to one cover for for your set. And even then he's like, why would you even play a cover? This, right. like, this is a chance to showcase your original music. And dude, it's just like blown up over the years. It just keeps getting bigger and bigger. And uh, yeah, it's all, it's just an absolute blast to play. I played it with the band Tonic Freight Train years prior. This is my sec- this was my second year playing it um, under just my solo stuff. And it was fun because I got to bring up, I wasn't able to bring up a full band, but I was able to bring up my buddy Josh to accompany me on bass. So it was this fun acoustic guitar, acoustic bass jam. And uh, yeah, it was fun. People really liked liked hearing the extra layers and you know bass live because mostly people have only heard live performances of just me on the acoustic guitar. So people got a taste of hearing the full sound live, they will have to wait for the full band sound until the the EP release party, uh, okay. which should be actually at the same venue. Because I thought, why not? <laughs> you know, Base Camp and Lyle. It was it's such a again a good supporter of local music. It has homegrown every year, so I thought, yeah, let's just grab a bunch of my favorite local original acts and stack this bill and I'll bring the, the whole band up but yeah so that's going to be super fun I can't wait to hear to have people hear the full band live yeah that's, oh, dude that's going to be so exciting <laughs> the energy is going to be crazy I'm going to and it's also going to be nerve wracking too because it'll be my first time leading a band with a guitar in my hand so it's like Oh, the pressure's on. But I got you know me and me and my buddy on bass are are getting it. It's you know I'm practicing the energy because it's it's harder like have that frontman energy while also trying to play these guitar parts that I didn't write with ease in my mind. I you know they move around the fretboard way too damn much for something that would be easy to play, which is but it sounds cool. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's fun. And I'm I'm just going, like, I'm overexerting myself now. I added a loop pedal, too, because, you know, not every part needs a second guitarist. So but some parts I do want to add extra fluff. And yeah, it'll be cool. I'll get it. I'll get it. Yeah. It's, good. it's good. Well, I'm stoked for you. I'm sure that's going to be sweet. I know, like there's a buddy back home that he's kind of like a solo artist and he just gets his band together for for shows and it's it's so amazing to see well to hear like one version and then just see a completely different version and hear that and Mm -hmm. i'm stoked for everyone that's going to be at that show because it's probably going to be fucking amazing so oh thanks man yeah it's it's gonna be it's gonna be a fun time it's it's a nice stage too nice sound can't wait now Jeez, november <laughs> come on have to get through um, spooky season right we're almost there well almost to the start or like not even yeah. to the start we just started we uh, just what start. am i talking about <laughs> uh, so obviously that show is going to be going on for the for the release um for people listening is there a, a set date for for the show that you know about or what have you decided yeah i, guess? I think it's safe to call it november 24th 
the same day as the EP release. The reason uh, it was going to be early was because that was the only availability Basecamp had for me. Oh, okay. And I wanted to have it there. Um, so I was like, oh, well, I'll just do it, you know, November 12th then. But then Aaron Williams, again, kind of swooped in and was like, hey, let me help you out with this show. I, you know, I know Basecamp, you know, let's get let's get a better Friday. Let's, you know, do November 24th. Because originally it was going to be a Thursday. Uh, oh, gotcha. And it's like, well, you know, Thursday shows are, are good, but, you know, again, everyone in the burbs is like, oh, I have work in the morning. <laughs> it's like, okay, it's not a late show. Chill out. But, yeah, Fridays are a little bit easier to, to get people to the show. And uh, he was like, yeah, let's, you know, make it this big thing. I'll debut my new... Well, I guess I. Yeah, I, won't, I don't know. I don't yeah, know what his plans are, but he's. Yeah, we he's don't want to say something. too much. For everyone yeah. listening, and you're in the Chicago land area, just keep an eye out and go to it, and you'll see what he's talking about. You'll see it live. You'll see it happen. And just wait. Yeah. Yeah. Let the suspense fill you up. Exactly. <laughs> um. Well, I mean, the like I said, the EP sounds great. I'm stoked for you i'm stoked especially doing this as a live band and able to do that for the for the release show that's always a a big plus to like i mean rather than just like putting it out and be like oh i'm gonna go up on stage and just do this all acoustic by myself like, yeah it right it, it adds to it so i'm i'm stoked for you on that thanks man yeah um before we you kind of transition is there anything else that i missed anything else coming out with the the ep is there like more music videos people can expect or anything like that um i might make like some stupid home video music videos you know just kind of me and the band goofing around and stuff because the the guys in the band we've been friends since high school so it's like I'm thinking like doing some kind of like sketch humor or skit comedy if we have time. Uh, or maybe like, I don't know. I feel like a lyric video is always kind of, you know, an obligation. You gotta, gotta put out <laughs> some kind of music video for, for the YouTubes. So we'll see what uh, I can get done. But right now I'm a, I'm a one man uh, act on the business end of things. And it has been, Woo, it's been a marathon, you know, getting everything in order, reaching out to people, emailing, looking for, you know, press outlets, playlisting, just trying to also like book myself in other like, you know, venues to, to promote because I'm also trying to transition into making music more of a, a substantial income mm -hmm. to survive off of. And so it's like... Yeah, part of it is just, you know, you kind of have to find some gigs that will pay you. Right. And so that's like, you got to spend a lot of time doing that. And then it's like, oh, no, I'm slacking on promotion. Oh, no, I'm slacking on social media. Oh, no. Ah. So we'll see what I can get done. But I'm hoping to put out some some cool cool content uh, gearing up towards release and stuff. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, you're doing a great job. You hit me up. And, uh, I, and, and you answered. I answered. <laughs> That's okay. Thank you. So, 
So you'll understand this for well, two parter, I guess. For, for people sure. that might not know, Dan is also the co-host of the Underbelly Hours, uh, like a podcast based out of the Chicagoland area, focusing on like local acts. Um, mm-hmm. it, the worst thing is when you send someone an email to like be on your on your show and they just don't respond. It yeah. no, like nothing tears into the heart more than that. It's so rough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we're trying to find a way to get better at that because I mean we get we get a lot of submissions as I'm sure you can relate to, and uh, you know not you don't vibe with everyone, right? You don't, and it's not to say that the music is is bad or anything. It's just like you know, it, you know we deserve to have our tastes in music, and uh, we don't want to fake anything just because you know they sent a nice worded email but we also don't want to just like leave them on red or anything yeah. and you know because that's yeah we just want to try and be respectful but finding a way to say that and let somebody down especially when like you still want to hang out with them in the scene you still want to you know promote their shows at least or yeah. uh, you know or or all that good stuff but we only do an, an episode a week with one guest and there's a lot of awesome talent out here so it's like... dude i yeah i can imagine especially like how you mentioned like still having to see them in the scene like at least for me like yeah i have there's a great amazing scene here in minneapolis but i'm not just doing mm-hmm. minneapolis i'm like doing pretty, pretty much everyone like you're in chicago i'm here um like yeah, if you, you have somebody from uh britain on Recently? Yeah, I've I've had a couple of people from the UK and like for me it wouldn't be as bad if I'm like hey like this one might not work out I yeah because I don't have to see them but like right yeah I can oh that'd be so rough because I also only do like I I can record multiple in a week but I only put out one a week mm-hmm. and it's so difficult when especially now I'm starting to gain a little bit more traction people like hitting me up more often without me yeah. having to reach out and it's just like. I'd love to, but like, I can't yeah. accommodate your timing. Like, I'm so sorry. Yeah. No, totally. It's a it's a struggle, and you know we've we've had some people not take it too well. <laughs> and we, we, I mean, we've had some people that, or most of the time, everyone's cool. They're just like, yeah, no, we get it. It's yeah, like I'll just come out and say it right now. Like the dominant scene, especially in the in the birds and also in the city but is like that emo pop punk stuff like the screamo stuff which uh you know i love my pop punk like i love you know i'm a huge fan of mostly like the 2000s and 90s era of pop punk you know like the green days the blink 182s the jimmy right. worlds the the like the the most emo i guess i'll go is and this isn't even, they're not even emo, but sometimes people call him emo, his Motion City soundtrack. I guess just because he can sound whiny. <laughs> yeah, that's basically it. Like, he gets whiny enough where he's on that tier, but then it, like, immediately yeah. just goes back to pop punk. Right. Because you got that mini Moog, you know? You can't be super emo with an awesome synthesizer going. <laughs> but uh, I, think it's, I think it's just, like, the screams for me. I think there's a a way to do screaming vocals 
in music for my personal taste and just the way it comes out in in screamo is just a little it's just not my style yeah. but there's so many bands here yeah, that's that are true. like that and i'm like yeah. well we can't just become a screamo podcast <laughs> i think we've given our favorites uh like furlough is a band that i'll shout out They're, they have a i guess they're emo math rock punk i don't know uh in that that world and they're really good i'll i'll rock out to them but uh yeah the others you know i've i've had my time with them i've been to enough of those shows right no yeah i I I totally understand what you're saying like especially like not getting trapped in like just doing one genre when you're doing (laughs) episodes too because then you're always just going to be associated with that it's like for people that also do anything like this like you understand like it's tough because you want to be open to everyone and you don't want to get stuck in a a lane and that's what i really try to avoid right when i started doing this is like i appreciate everyone that's doing this but like i don't want to do just pop punk music yeah i want to talk to like a lot of people yeah and for all the the pop punk emo screamo artists out there there is a podcast out there that's dedicated just for that that's the pop punk pizza podcast yep you know that guy's amazing Jacques Lamore hit him up um he actually had Justin Pierre on from Motion City Soundtrack and I was like you son of a bitch how did you get him on dude he's had he's had like so many big names and I'm just like I I want to like be at that level where I can just hit someone up and be like hey you want to be on this and they're just like we're a national touring act but yes we will be on that right like uh two weeks before we actually had him on the underbelly hours to talk about you know podcasting which you should also come on the show by the way Um, i'd love to sweet it's a deal um yeah two weeks before he came on the show as i was like you know doing my research and listen you know refreshing listening to some more recent episodes he had on one of my favorite bands uh chris demakes from less than jake and i was like dude how are you doing <laughs> it's it's the pizza yeah i think it's 100 percent. but uh yeah it's uh so i guess long winded tangent on that i'll wrap it up with a quick little i guess piece of advice for um bands and and artists reaching out to to press outlets or podcasters or even venues too is that um yeah not everyone has the time to get back to you unfortunately or like has the time to write out a, a an empathetic letdown response sometimes right. you will just be unread and it, and it, it stings but uh you know also do do your part wait wait a few weeks send a follow-up you know don't don't let yourself just be declined like right away with no response you know because i guess the the main piece of that you have to remember is that these people are really busy and they get a lot of emails and it takes a long time to get through them all um and i learned that the quickest through just yeah trying to actually like book 
you know those those shows that with the guaranteed get pay or you're paying it oh my gosh word vomit <laughs> when you're playing at a bar and you know you, you you're there three hours and you're you're thrown in covers and stuff but like just trying to book for those gigs i mean i went on a, a, a marathon of emails at the beginning of september and uh venues are just now starting to get back to me being like hey yeah no we're interested uh you know what do these dates look like and yada 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 and uh so yeah that makes me think like oh two weeks is probably even too soon for a follow-up email for right for people like you might want to wait like a month or something uh just because you got to give people time yeah. uh, to at least to at least you know read your email <clears throat> so man being an artist in this in this age is a pain in the ass <laughs> being a being a podcaster is, is a pain in the ass so many emails right yeah uh so that's been the psa from uh, michael and dan uh yeah uh, patience patience thick skin and and follow-ups oh yeah um so as now we'll fully transition to the later half of these episodes and they're honestly my favorite part of the episodes because i mean you talked about you were a roadie with your friend's band you were in a band you're now you're doing this solo stuff uh we just kind of talk about um some crazy fun uh i think how, how do i used to say it? uh tremendous or horrendous uh tour stories <laughs> uh or show stories from from your time in music uh that you always think back to and you always remember because they're always ingrained in your mind hmm. okay <laughs> um this one may paint me in a bad light <laughs> but it's it's a fun story it was just the first one that came to my head. There's there's a bunch, um, but this one we were playing uh, a show at this place called Penny Road Pub in Barrington, Illinois, which is another you know northwest suburb of Chicago. Um, and uh, you know it's this like I don't even know how to describe it. It's not like divey. I mean, it has a stage downstairs and a stage upstairs, but it definitely keeps that that local divey vibe it's not trying to be like a polished venue it's, right you know especially the basement i mean you're playing in a low lit basement so and uh it was this weird bill um like the band before us this was with tonic freight train the heavy funk rock band i was in the band before us, I think it was called Foresight. It was this duo. It was crazy experimental. It was really weird. And then, uh, oh no, they opened. And then there was another band after him that was like pop rock, like really poppy. And the guy was having like a lot of mic issues. And I was like, oh man, this is this is not good. Uh, I hope they fix it by the time we get up there because this is like you know we need at least two mics we have harmonies and 
the leads are cutting out. Uh, yeah, no, the sound guy will probably like switch the cable out or something, or or switch the mic out. I shouldn't worry about it, and you know, and so they get off, and they just go straight to setting up because, you know, at that point I actually started playing with the keyboard as well, so I had more shit to set up, and I totally forgot to like bring up that miking issue, how it kept cutting out. And the sound guy was also the drummer's friend at the time. And they were both from the Elmhurst College I was going to. And uh, yeah, I don't, I don't wanna... Anyway, let's just say he uh, wasn't the easiest to work with. I don't know, he just didn't get off the friendliest vibes. Mm. And so we get up there, and like two songs in, the mic starts like acting up again. And I was like, son of a bitch, you didn't fix this. And so I'm, you know, we're still trying to go through it, but now I'm seeing the audience, and all their faces are just like, now they're getting frustrated. Like, it's just kind of killing the entire show. Right. And, uh, and I'm asking in between songs, like, hey, can you come up and fix this, you know, like trying to play a gig here. And I hate, you know, when singers be, are being divas and stuff, but it was like a legitimate issue. It wasn't like, you know, we were just being dicks, but he wasn't uh, really doing anything to fix it. And uh, at one point it was just like, like, I think I saw even one of my like best friends just like, walk up to like get a drink and like he just bailed and i was like all right and it cut out for like the last time so i literally just like i didn't throw the mic on the ground it was on the mic stand but i just like knocked the entire stand down and it just fell to the ground it had a huge pop i saw the sound guy freak out in the back i just grabbed my you know the guitarist's mic and you know just continue with the show and everyone in the crowd like started cheering and applauding and it was just this weird like i don't want to be rewarded for being a diva and making like a piss fit about this but it was kind of a cool fun moment to just kind of be like yeah fuck this bam <laughs> Way, yeah. and uh yeah so he liked me even less after that show but, you know, hey, come up and change a cable or something, man. I don't know. Right. I mean, from from what I'm... Obviously, I was not there. But from what I'm hearing, you did make a couple, you know, like, requests to have it, you know, swapped out. And uh, he kind of just ignored it, which, I mean, I don't know. Sound guys are very weird in particular, but you figure they would notice that happening and want to you know not have it sound terrible yeah you'd think but uh you know it was the it was the literally the only time i was impatient with a sound guy because usually i mean i've been behind the board i know it's a, a again it's a pain in the ass a lot of the times you know getting everything right and sounding good so you know, I, I respect the art of, of sound. 
and uh like i always try and even talk to the sound guys before the set and just be like hey this is what we sound like this is what we do is there anything you would like from us to make your job easier and so on and so on but uh yeah you know when you have like three or four drinks in you and you get a little bit of a you know ego in your head and you want to make a scene you know for some crowd work you know yeah but it was fun it was you know i ain't never working with the guy again i don't know what he's doing i don't go to that venue anymore it's kind of whatever but uh yeah you're good then okay yeah yeah normally i would yeah normally don't burn bridges like that but if you know then you know (laughs) so that was a that was a fun time that was probably the tremendous and horrendous it fits both (laughs) (laughs) yeah that definitely fit with the tremendous and horrendous uh i mean i know somebody's recently also had an issue with the sound guy and I think that one's blowing up on TikTok, so for for anyone that listened to the 5 a.m. episode, go check that out, because that was really shitty. Um, But, so we end, I like to end these episodes on like a really high high note, and uh, the one thing I have for you, Dan, is for your solo project, what is something, I guess it's kind of like a two-parter, what's one thing that has happened since you started the solo project that you've been like this is it this is a, like your highest moment and what is something that you are looking forward to with the progression of your music hmm. Hmm. good question the highest moment's hard i can definitely think of a lowest moment <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so I'm not just like talking myself up. This is also a little funny story. I'll I'll say one lowest moment cuz uh there's right. a lesson to be learned. And then I'll that'll give me some time to think about the highest moment. Um and then watch I'll I'll be done with the highest moment and be like, "Ah, oh, shoot, that wasn't even Oh no, that wasn't the highest." The lowest was uh it was right when open mics were starting to come back um after the winter because the winter 2020 into 2021 it, we kind of all shut down again pretty much there was no like mm. live music really anywhere except for maybe a few select places that were just saying like f it we'll keep going so it was like april or may things were starting to look good as far as pandemic and so places were having open mics again inside you know with safety protocols and stuff so and all winter i i really focused on like even getting better at singing and, and getting my chops up and i found an even better placement in my voice so i'm super confident the first night i go up there i kill it it's like ah yes i've like i've reached a new high in my in my singing ability and and stuff and this is awesome so I'm super stoked. Next week, I bring out a buddy, and I'm talking it up because he was also like a voice major. So I'm like, dude, like I'm telling you, I found my voice. This is like everything's just riding smoothly in the in the space. Everything's coming out clear. The tone's great. There's a nice resonance. 
totally talking myself up. And uh, I get up there and just bomb. I eat shit. Nothing is right in my voice. It's all like, you know, coming from the throat again. I can't find pitch. It's just the most embarrassing freaking thing. And he's just sitting there, and I'm like, son of a bitch. That, damn it. <laughs> oh, it was so bad. I was, I think eventually I was able to kind of get into decent territory, but those those first two songs were, were rough. And I get down, and I'm just like, so that's not what I was talking about. And he's like, oh, okay, good, because I was going to say. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, so... But I'm the kind of guy who like doesn't try and make uh, lie to myself and be like, oh no, that was still like you know. I beat myself up like crazy, and I I was telling him like, dude, that's never gonna happen again. And I was like just apologizing to him pretty much the entire night. He's like, dude, I get it. Like, like no man, I'm going home. I'm practicing. I'm doing more scales. Like, and it's just made me even more like honed in and dedicated and you bomb once and it's like probably actually the most bombing once like that i think is way more beneficial than like killing five times in a row it's oh yeah you need it you know sometimes you need to knock down your ego and, and realize that you're always needing to maintain your your practice and maintain your uh yeah, your abilities, and you can't get too cocky. So, if anything, that was probably the lowest and highest, I guess. Highest would probably be Base Camp, um, or Homegrown Arts and Music Festival. Seeing people's reactions to, you know, our set was, was really fun, because everyone was there for local original music, and playing with Josh, like, it was a good time. That's where like things were clicking. And I was like, all right, people are digging these songs and they're not just like, you know, cause there it's not just people eating or drinking at a bar or restaurant, or it's not just my friends who come to support. It's like a bunch of random people who are also there to find new music. And so playing mm-hmm. that show and having people be like, yeah, that's like, that was a really cool song. Or like, dude, that was awesome. Or like, yeah. People were com- complimenting like the bass parts and stuff. And, and it was just fun to get that. I don't want to say validation, but that just like that insurance that, okay, what you're doing is, is working. You're on the right track. Like keep, keep going. You know, it wasn't just like a, eh, yeah, it was all right. Cause that would have been, devastating i either want people to like hate it because they just hate the style and it's like yeah that's you know i'm only into like trap and mumble rap and like yeah okay then you're gonna hate this this is not for you (laughs) i'd rather have that than just like a just no response at all just like a mild like "Eh." that's in my opinion probably the worst either hate it or love it yeah or like it i guess right yeah Mm-hmm. So yeah, that was probably the highest point. Wait, was there another secondary part to that question? Uh, or after the highest? Yeah. Point? So, uh, 
something that you're most lo- looking forward to with the progression of this uh, solo act that you have? Oh, oh yeah, right. Okay. Well, well, yeah, like a bunch of things. Just getting better myself as a musician, allowing myself to, you know, do do justice to the sounds that I hear in my head, you know, because I try and audiate, you know, play what you're hearing in your head. Um, I try and translate that. A lot of it comes from just noodling, but a lot of it I actually do hear in my head first and try and get it onto quote-unquote paper or uh, recording, some kind of demo. And uh, I'm just looking forward to the ideas I have on the back burner and bringing those to life with the full band. Like, I'm super excited about the EP and everything, but I'm probably even more excited about, like, the new stuff that I'm currently writing and and trying to flesh out and seeing where that goes. Because I guess my goal for this project is to not really have, like, that much of a rigid sound or genre attached to it. I kind of want to be able to divert and and take some side roads into different styles and genres because I do have such an eclectic taste in music. Like, like uh, I guess an example of that, for instance, The Day Don't Know Anything came out, three of my favorite acts also put out new albums. And those three acts were Billy Strings, which is bluegrass, uh, Angels and Airwaves, which is, you know, Tom DeLonge's, uh, it's not really pop punk anymore. It's just like, well, that album was like super 80s synth pop punk rock. It, it had a bunch of styles, which is n- nothing like bluegrass. And then Tremani, the guitarist of Alter Bridge, put out a, a, a like heavy metal, thrash metal album. And that's just a couple of the ranges of what I like, you know, like. It's so I so like uh for one instance I do have a punk song kinda in the works that's a little bit more just straight. Let's keep it to power chords and get that super like driving momentum rhythm to it. I have a song that's like really atmospheric and ethereal and, and even more contemplative than than Burn Me Down. And then you know, there's a more folk tune that I got in the works that's just like straight finger picking, and uh, and I think, yeah, I just I'm hoping that I can pull off that kind of vibe because some of my favorite songwriters do branch out and start diving into different territories, and you know, it's a it's a hard thing to pull off. It's not an easy way to gain an audience that way when you're kind of going every which way. Uh, sometimes but if people can connect with you as an artist they'll they'll probably like most styles that you dabble in at least I guess that's the kind of audience member I am so I guess that's the kind of audience member I, I hope to find for for my own stuff that they'll kind of go on the musical journey with me and you know always be rooted in my sound because it's my voice and it's my melodic sensibility but uh yeah you know maybe at one point i want to put out a metal song and it wouldn't be too crazy (laughs) so yeah 
just looking forward to all the cool stuff that could potentially happen. I know that was a big ambiguous yeah. answer there, but you know, man. No, you're fine, dude. I I dig it. Um, like I I I always like when people can take their their music or their artistic ability and be like, this album we're gonna do this and then be like Mm -hmm. you know that's what i was feeling at that time and now i'm feeling like doing a thrash metal thing and here's this the thrash metal ep and then just still kill it and you're just like Mm -hmm. okay like whether you like it or not you have to commend them on being a great musician to be able to switch that and then still pull it off and just like like full commend on that and like hopefully um you're able to to do these and uh i'm stoked to to hear them at some point yeah man i'm super excited and i think already like the sound i have kind of can lend itself to that because it is kind of this weird like i don't even know how to describe my music it's like what just indie rock all alt rock for this ep i don't know and those words don't even mean anything alternative and indie what the hell does that mean in terms of sound nothing <laughs> right those aren't sound descriptors but it's the best way i have to describe the ep because it's not it's not like classic rock and roll it's not pop it's not punk and you know uh but yeah if i was like a rise against it'd be a little weird to to kind of go outside and then start playing like folk music and it'd be a little weird but you know some of my favorite I'm heavily influenced by Prague too, like Prague rock. So I think that's where that motivation comes from because progressive bands will genre blend uh, all over the place. Like notable examples that I love are like uh, like Stephen Wilson of Porcupine Tree. Um, I don't know if you've ever heard of him, but Porcupine Tree was like they started out as this weird like we uh, i don't know how you describe it just like atmospheric ethereal like shoegaze almost just long drawn out sounds and and songs that didn't really go anywhere they were just like really good interesting sounds and then they went a little bit more heavy and got a little bit more metal and then they kind of became quote-unquote prog metal and then the next album it was like like a piano pop song in there and then they went back to like just prog rock and then they put out a little heavier thing and then steven wilson went solo and did all these like concept albums where there was jazz and and crazy things like that and then he's starting to experiment with like electronic sounds and stuff and in interviews he says like yeah i lose i lose fans all the time that aren't down for the ride but you know <laughs> i'm gonna keep making i guess he put it best that inspired me is like he just wants to make good Stephen Wilson music, and whatever that sounds like is what it's gonna sound like. And so I guess I just want to do that. Is I just want to make cool, good, Dan Asio music, and whatever that sounds like in the future. Yep. That's what it'll sound like. Hell yeah! I feel like on those words, on that note right there, we're gonna uh, end this. I mean. Thank you so much to Dan for one reaching out and wanting to be a part of this. I had a great time chatting about your music on this fine Thursday. Um, if anyone is looking for merch, music, or you in general, where can they find it? 
Um, I'm uh, under Dan Asio, um, or rather Dan Asio Music on most profiles, like Facebook. The page is Dan Asio Music, Instagram, Dan Asio Music, um, YouTube, if you want to find the, the music videos, that's just Dan Asio. Um, what else do I got? I think I made a TikTok page and like released one video of me playing handpan and then just kind of fell off right away because I was like, I don't, <laughs> I don't have time for this shit. I'm too old. <laughs> right. Yeah, I can't keep up with this. Uh, but uh, yeah, those are like the main, main three. I don't have like a dedicated website, but you can find me on Facebook, Instagram, and and YouTube, or just hit up the for booking inquiries. Danasiamusic at gmail <clears throat> Hell yeah. Uh, hit him up. Have him play your venues. Uh, everyone <laughs> listening, and you're in the Chicagoland area, be sure to go out on the 24th to the EP release show. Um, do you want to give those details one more time for everyone listening? Yeah, it should be at a base camp in Lyle, um, another northwest suburb. Uh, the, the bands that I'll be playing with have not yet been confirmed, but know that i'm gonna find my favorite and the best local acts uh, around so and if you don't know any amazing local acts around the chicagoland area check out the underbelly hours the podcast i co-host with the lovely adela skrivinsky um, where we have an amazing super talented genre-wide uh local acts that we feel deserve more more ears and um yeah i don't know i think that's about it before i just keep word vomiting yeah. <laughs> uh but yeah thanks so much man for having uh, me on. Underbelly. It, was a, it was a blast oh yeah uh, i appreciate it i'm so thankful that you uh reached out it really does mean a lot when people you know reach out to want to be on this um underbelly episodes are out on tuesdays i think i saw um, mm-hmm. Be sure to keep an eye out for Dan's EP coming out very soon. And uh, I'll catch everyone on the next episode. See ya. Bye. Bye.